Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ain't nothing gonna break my stride. Nobody gonna slow me down. Oh, no. Unless I have Kadarius Tony's knee, then I'm definitely slowing down. What's up? My name is Matt Connor. Heading up the show here with my pal Sterling Holmes, who hates this choice of a musical intro. Besides that, you doing all right today, my man? I'm doing good. Richard decided to join us, it looks like. That's Richard. great, man. That was awesome. That's some behind-the-scenes action for you. <laughs> Richard was so startled by your singing and intro, he thought, no chance the show's actually going live. He was like, oh, this has to still be our pre-show routine. He's like, uh, yeah, I'm, we're, we're going to reset this whole thing. Folks, if you're listening, welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We're in the middle, in the middle of training camp. It's underway. Players have reported. The veterans are there. We've actually got like players to discuss, bright young stars emerging, things going on. Uh, and then also we've got some real storylines coming out, dude. Yeah. Just like a couple days into camp and some very real questions, maybe concerns are emerging. We'll get to all that and more in just a moment here. Because we have a great, great new betting offer just for you. If you go to FanDuel Sportsbook, if you click the link in the description to sign up, you can get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks on any sport. That's right. You don't have to wait for the NFL season. You want to bet on baseball? Get your rocks off. Bet on baseball. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in most legal gaming states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the description for the office full terms. Again, no sweat first bet up to a K. Click that link in the description to sign up at FanDuel Sportsbook. Dude, you did great there. You always do great there. You're just, you're like a machine. You're a talking machine who's so good at doing this stuff. I love it. Uh, folks, at the top of the hour, you know, we got deeper subjects to get to. We'll get to Chris Jones. We'll get to Kadarius Tony. We'll get to all those questions and more. At the top of the show, we like to do a little thing we call read them and weep. Thanks to uh, an a member who actually came up with that and we loved it. And uh, we got some quick hits here. Uh, Sterling, I just love your take on, on some of these things that don't narrowly don't necessarily like require like this in-depth thing, but I'd love to get your take on them anyway. By the way, Marcus Peters is back in the AFC West. Here's the thing. I was looking at the Raiders the other day and I'm thinking, I don't know that this team can win more than three or four games, which has me thinking one is Caleb Williams coming to the AFC West next year um, because they could have the number one pick overall. But then they signed Marcus Peters as their latest attempt to shore up a horrible defense. Just wondering what you think about the man rejoining the AFC West is it, is it going to be fun to see him out there? What's left in the tank at this point? We're going to see him twice. I, I do like how you say it was quick. So that way it was kind of the undertones of, hey, Sterling, shut up. We don't need a 12-minute monologue about Marcus Peters. Hey, if you have one, if you have one. 
Has there ever been a more Raiders signing than Marcus Peters? The second he steps on the field, there's going to be a 15-yard flag. Like, <laughs> guaranteed. With, without a doubt, socks are going flying. It's going to be so enjoyable to watch that disaster in person. Um, I actually don't have an issue. I like Marcus Peters. I like, at times, the fire he plays with. Uh, I also think it was time to move on. I think both parties can agree it made sense. Look at the Chiefs' secondary now. Look at what they've done. They can develop almost anyone. Makes a ton of sense. Uh, I will say, as far as the on-field performance, it's fine. The Raiders are not a good team, but they need someone. Marcus Peters actually graded out decent in uh, – Pass coverage, according to PFF last year, coming in at a 69.5. Surprisingly, that run defense still holding him back, coming in at a 57. Uh, don't think he's going to like to tackle. He didn't like to when he was younger. He's not, he's not going to as he gets older. He is who he is, which is a fine cornerback at this point of his career. You know what I'm anxious to see? Like It was a lot of fun when he's 22-23 and taking those chances on interceptions because he would get burned but he'd also change the course of a game you know multiple times throughout the season now as he's approaching 30 tore his acl a year ago uh or he's he's that one year removed from a torn acl i think it could be fun watching patrick mahomes bait a guy like that who's probably still betting a bit too much on instincts from six or seven years ago yeah that's gonna be fun next up clark hunt this week spoke from saint joe saying all the things that we all want to hear, which is, hey, look, Andy Reid, I don't think he's going anywhere. I I don't think he's lost that competitive fire. He said, quote, it's never come up. Retirement has never come up in our conversation, right? And looks like he's pointing to the fact that Coach Reid looks as good as ever, as passionate as ever, uh, working with Mahomes. Like, What's your take on all this? Uh, Would you be surprised if Reid gave us another 10 years? What do you think when you heard Clark's comments? T- Tim might be a little generous, but again, I don't think he's anything we Chiefs fans have to worry about in the near future. I truthfully don't. I, I think I have been more bullish than some of the other Arrowhead Addict podcasters. You know, I said at least five years. I, I don't see him slowing down just based on his love, his passion for, for football, right? If he starts slowing down, we'll know. He won't be in his his office 20 hours a day coming up with these fun plays like Andy Reid loves the game of football. I don't know what he would do without it. Like the Bahama, those Bahama shirts only look good on the sideline. I mean, you can, you can wear them fishing on a cruise, but come on, I'm going to rip on you. If you wear on the cruise, when you're playing football, wearing a Hawaiian shirt, you look like a badass. Uh, <laughs> I think Andy Reid is going to be uh, coaching for, for a while longer. I have no worries. And I, I think the comments are, uh, are fair. I, I love it. He It needs to be said, he is 65 years old, started his career in 1982 as a coaching assistant for Lavelle Edwards at BYU. It's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. Uh, we hope he coaches for a long time more. Next up, you know, we'll talk receivers here in a little bit, and we'll talk more in depth about Kadarius Tony after a while. But Justin Ross, now on the first day of training camp, Justin Ross was back there catching punt returns among the contenders to return punts. Then he's been teamed up with the first team offense at times, putting this all together. Even the chief social media account is feeding the Justin Ross hype train. Are you on board? I'm hanging off of the caboose. 
Um, I'm not the first one on the hype train. I'm not in the middle, but I'm like hanging off. I'm like, should I be here? Should I catch this train instead? Because I'm on the Richie James train. Like I am firmly on the Richie James train. All right. The Justin Ross train, I am I am considering. I bought a ticket. I bought a ticket, but it's not a good one. Uh, maybe like a hobo type situation where maybe I'll jump on at the last mo- moment and jump in and just – I uh, got my can of beans and the little handkerchief, which holds nothing. Why do they have that? They just stick with a handkerchief. It's like you're holding like maybe 17 cents in there. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing in that thing. It's just for looks. Yeah. What? Uh, what is that about? Who made that up? It's for looks, I guess. I, I. You're not holding much. It's a handkerchief. Like it's tiny. You're not holding anything in there. Come on. You'd be better off holding things in your two hands. Yes. We, we need a breakdown, a metric breakdown of what a bandana on a stick could hold would it qualify um, as a as a on spirit airlines would it qualify as a as a carry-on oh it's at least 50 bucks yeah it, it, it's at least 50 bucks carry-on uh i see micah saying sterling stays negative about ross i'm not i'm not negative i'm trying to be realistic i like justin ross and again we're going to talk about Kadarius tony moore so i don't want to get too deep in the weeds here <laughs> um but acting like he's gonna he's a lock for the roster i think is just just ass night even if he makes the roster he's clearly not a lock i i don't take a ton into first team reps in training camp especially when it comes to wide receivers because they rotate through so often yeah like if you're seeing wanye morris get a lot of left team first team reps over donovan smith i'd say okay that's that's noticeable but if you're seeing wide receivers, they're going to rotate these guys in and out all the time. Uh, cornerbacks, the secondary, uh, the defensive line, this is just how, how it goes. I'm not off the hype train. I'm just pumping the brakes a little bit. I'm cautiously optimistic. Like, there was a reason why he was undrafted. And I will also point out, the punt returns are great. I- I'm a fan. I think if he can do anything on special teams, that benefits him and that helps his, his chances exponentially. But when it comes to punt returns, this point of training camp, like 30 dudes are doing it. it, it it's not like 30 is a hyperbole. It's, it's closer to 12 probably. But I mean, you're hearing Nico Remigio. You, you think Nico Remigio is making the team? If he does, that's only because Dave Tobe wants him to. But he's also a wide receiver. I, I just, I like Justin Ross. But he has a uphill battle more so than a lot of other wide receivers on this team. Yeah, I think what needs to be thrown in there when you say that isn't just that he went undrafted. Even the Chiefs didn't draft him several times. It's not like it's not like the Chiefs knew and everyone else didn't. No one knew, and then afterward they're like, "Well, then why would like? Well, let's take a flyer. It can't hurt anything." That's the level that that was. It can't hurt anything. So as much as any of you want to get excited about can't hurt anything, feel free. But beyond that is being disproportional to what's really going on there. Other than, other than that, just by the way, I was looking at some uh, Rookie of the Year odds. Uh, our man Felix and Yudike Uzoma is plus 2,200 to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. That's a good long shot. Put your money on that. Maybe you'll luck out. But on the offensive side, and we'll talk about this a little bit more you know, of course, later when we talk about Tony and maybe some, there's some real opportunity here already for somebody. But Rasheed Rice is plus 4,000 to win Rookie of the Year. Now, I don't know how to do the math here. Is it is it times the, the gravitational constant? Is it circumference divided by whatever? I just know that if I put money on Rasheed Rice, I'm pretty sure I get Elon Musk and Twitter 
in return. I, I'm not sure how that works, but yeah, those are long odds to give me a lot of money in return for a high level wide receiver draft pick on the NFL's best offense that has a wide open opportunity. And like, would I be crazy to put a little bit of money on that? I, I think so, but do what you want to do. I will say in your favor, the Chiefs wide receiver room is fairly open. Uh, I will also say the last two uh, offensive rookie of the year winners have been wide receivers. So you do have that in your favor as well. Will it be three straight? That remains to be seen right now. Bijan Robinson is the favorite. I would probably put money if it was me personally. Uh, I actually probably will put money on C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, a quarterback, has the best opportunity uh, to win. I love the fact that this might be one of my favorite comments of the year from Jeremiah. Chiefs holic would make that bet. <laughs> That's true. That's good. I, I, I wouldn't put money on it. I think it's a long shot for a reason, especially in a Andy Reid led system. We know Chiefs rookie wide receivers don't typically make a major sure. impact. Mahomes is going to spread the ball around. We know this. Travis Kelsey is a focal point outside of Travis looking at the wide receivers. It will be a game by game basis. I like her. She writes, but I, I would not put money on on him winning rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. Sure. Well, the long shot is intriguing to me. The opening is intriguing to me. I may do it just to see what if. Who knows? You I know like what? Rice. I think you should do it. I like Rasheed Rice. I actually think I think there's some real potential there to, yeah. to be something big. I will also say, if you like the Arrowhead Addict podcast, please consider becoming a member of the Arrowhead Addict family. Arrowhead Addict members get access to special emojis, loyalty badges they can use during our live YouTube streams. They also get an invite to a private Discord where they can hang out with the AA hosts, talk Chiefs football, movies, beer, and so much more. Members also get invites to private events. And guess what? We actually have one coming up. Uh, happy hour is Tuesday, August 8th at 6 p.m. Central. Again, August 8th uh, at 6 p.m. Central, we're doing a members-only happy hour. So if you want to join, click the link about uh, joining in the description of whatever you get this podcast. Well, you know, as, as training camp is unfolding, we're seeing some real developments happen. There are two primary storylines that are really emerging for the Chiefs in terms of like on a na resonating on a national level. And it's hard not to talk about who is missing in action here first. That's Chris Jones. Now, look, I think both you and I probably thought that a deal would already be done by now with Chris Jones. That before veterans reported, I figured it was just a matter of like, all right, fine. You can have your extra. I figured one side or another would capitulate before players were going to have to report, avoid any kind of drama, bring it back. There's a lot of work ahead, a long season. Um, and just thought, you know, both sides want the same thing. Now we're hearing reports that said, even in Andy Reid's comments or Clark Hunt's comments about the news or about the fact that he's not there, there's mentions of, yeah, things were going well until recently, that there's been some change in the tenor of the conversation, that there's been some, uh, some moment where, I mean, maybe it got down to brass tacks after they were playing nice and then suddenly, you know, whatever. Maybe the Quinn and Williams deal left too wide of a chasm. And if that's the case, there's a big difference between 24 million, which is QW, and Aaron Donald at 31 million annually. Now, a lot of this is going to come down to uh, guaranteed money, uh, whatnot. But Nate Taylor of The Athletic, great reporter, uh, recently came out with the statement uh, that he had a source saying Jones wants 30 per, 30 per annually. 
let's have this conversation, my man. How much is too much for Chris Jones? Is that demand too much? Before I get to the actual what is the the too much is too much, I want to give a little bit more to the backstory here because what you brought up with Quinn and Williams, I think, is a phenomenal point. It's one that I've been bringing up as well. When he signed for 24, the Chiefs were were thrilled. Chris Jones was not. And it comes down to something that I firmly believe. And I, I do think Chris Jones wants to be a Chief, but he wants to be a Chief at a certain price. Yeah. So this entire, I want to be a chief for life. You know, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to, I'm going to retire Kansas city chief. I, I'm sure he does. Every team wants to, every guy wants for the most part, wants to play for one team, especially when that team is successful, but they want to play for that team for a certain price. It's a lot of politicking. Same thing on the other side with the Kansas city chiefs. They go, all right, you want to be the second highest paid into your demons alignment. Yeah, we can make that happen. They can offer 25 million. That's yeah. a big difference than 30 plus mil per year. Right. Neither party is lying. Chris Jones does want to be a chief. The Chiefs do want to make him the second highest paid interior defensive lineman, but it's a lot of the politics behind it of, hey, there's a wide gap here. There's not a simple solution. I I know it's very easy for us to see this money and say, hey, well, what's the difference between 30 and 25, right? That's still a bleep ton of money. Have you ever seen a $5 million house before? Seriously, have you ever seen a $5 million house? Oh, me. Yeah, just just, just in general. Yes, have you? Uh, uh, have, yeah, have yeah. you seen a yes. two million dollar house? I'm like, that is what he would be giving up. Sure, every sure. single year of that contract. Yep. Now I understand he's making a bleep ton of money. I get that, but just because the numbers are so large, I think we start to not even begin to fathom the difference between them. Um, Chris Jones also understands that this is realistically his last chance at a big contract. Yes. He is 29. Uh, he does have, I would say, more. The ball, he has more control over the situation, I think, because he is 29 and he knows this is his last year. He does not want to be at training camp, okay? He does not care about uh, about being at, at, at training camp right now. It's hot. It's hot as hell, okay? Pads come on on Friday. It's going to be 102 on Friday. You think Chris Jones wants to be there? What's the famous Mike, uh, Mike Stranahan, uh, Michael Strahan? I'm sorry, Michael Strahan uh, uh, quote of, if it was only 250K to miss training camp, I would have paid that every single year when he was <laughs> doing his holdout. Players don't want to be there. And most likely when Chris Jones signs this deal anyways, it's going to be a case of that money is baked into the contract. He'll probably receive that money, he's, that 50K a day he's missing, that might be even baked back into his contract. Sure. I don't know where they go, though, because 25 and 30 is such a difference. Me, personally, I'm paying 30, okay? Yep. I'm paying 30 for Chris Jones because you look at Chris Jones and his defensive line, would you say it's a top 10 defensive line? Top 15 for sure, but maybe top 10? With Jones? Yeah, with Jones. Top 15 for sure. Top 15 for sure, right? No, no questions asked. Without Chris Jones, they are undoubtedly a bottom 10 unit. That defensive line. I mean, if it's not a bottom five unit, I don't know what is a bottom five unit. Let's let's talk about this. If you lose Jones, if you decide to lose Jones, some of you out there are like, look, if if you're you're okay with 28 but not 30, I, which which is beyond me why that would be the difference there. After that, you're talking about Daniel Wise. You're looking at Matt Dickerson. You're looking at Turk Wharton coming back from an ACL injury or asking Derek Nottie to suddenly provide some disruption in year six of his of his contract. You've got nothing, man. Nothing. You're leaning now. 
Now you're entirely dependent upon an edge rushing situation. That's already been enough of a weakness that you needed two consecutive first round picks to fill that. And you're still crossing your fingers that Carlos Dunlap will send you Valentine's and sign for cheap, even with those guys that you have on board. We're projecting that Charles O'Minihue could start for the first time in his career and provide something real. And then you want to take away the one guy who's going to take every extra blocker away from those guys who can barely win one-on-one. Look, I can project good things for George Karloftis. I can believe Omenihue can do well if Chris Jones is lined up next to him. I can like the long term of Felix being there. And uh and and I can like I can pat Mike Dana on the back for a good steady pass rush as a former fifth round pick. But if you're throwing those guys out there telling me that's the hope you have of getting to the quarterback. That's like throwing out these wide receivers and having Travis Kelsey retire just before the regular season and saying, oh, yeah, good luck there. Sky Moore's now number one on your list. Yeah. To me, you pay him. You pay the man. I, I love this from angry, drunken German. Veach knows he can play a hardball with a lot of people. Jones and Mahomes, those aren't two of them. I'm with yeah. you. With, with a wide receiver, I think he can play hardball with Tyreek Kill. I think there were some underlying fissures going on. I think there was a whole sure. bunch of reasoning that was happening. I, I think that made sense. Veach has shown time and time again, he will have a number. He won't go over it. I think Chris Jones needs to be an, uh, an exception. Uh, I see from Flapjack, uh, he says, scenario, say you pay Chris Jones, which leads you to not be able to pay Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. Do you make that deal? Well, one, I would say if you, if it's 25 or even third, let's just say there's a 5 million gap right here. That, that, that ain't going to be enough to keep Creed and Trey anyways. No. And – are you keeping Trey anyway? I'm keeping Creed, and I'm yeah. let, I'm letting Trey walk. That's what I do. They're going to let good players go. You keep elite players. Chris Jones and Trey Smith is not an equal keep one or the other. No. Chris Jones, and if you keep Chris Jones to keep Legereus Sneed and Nick Bolton, that's not an even trade yeah. because you've got Legereus Sneed replacements already in the queue. Look, man, I sorry, I interrupted you. I'm, no, I, I'm on the same page, man. I, I, I think you have to pay – Chris Jones. I, I just think that he is the Mahomes of the defense. He was top three defensive MVP voting last year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, we're not talking about a good player. Again, I love Legereus Sneed. Love Legereus Sneed. He's yep. a good player. Yep. Chris Jones is elite. He's a top three, top five. Last year, he was a top three defensive player in the NFL. Okay. You pay that guy. He is 29. I understand the concerns. How long is he going to be playing at this elite level. I get that, but I, I think you have to take that risk. I think you have to take that chance. Now, if he's asking for 35, now I get it. If he's saying, I want to be resetting the market more than Aaron Donald, you know, all that yeah. stuff, fine. Yeah. I, I get that. But he's asking to be paid less than a guy he outperformed and is younger than. Let that sink in. He outperformed Aaron Donald last year. He was healthier than Aaron Donald last year. He's younger than Aaron Donald. Man. I mean, if you're his agent, you have so much ammunition to bring to the table. Um, I, I just think that if you don't, I, I think it's gonna, it might come down to Andy Reid at some point saying, "Hey, you got it." He's gonna go to Brett and say, "Get this deal done, okay? We're getting yeah. too close to the season. I need to know. I need to know. Do we have Chris Jones, or is our defense screwed?" Look, I love the defense. The second and third levels, they're deep. They could be fine. But what you're going to see, what you're going to see if you go without Chris Jones, you're going to see a Broncos type of defense. You got a great secondary yes, with a real inability to get any push up front. Is that really what you want? You want like, oh, we got a little Randy Gregory over here. Now they got Zach Allen. You know, look, look, it's still pitiful. 
that's not what you want. You want to win up front if you want to win at all. And if you want to win, you need Chris Jones. Here's the other thing. And everyone wants to say, hey, look, this is about the long haul. Patrick Mahomes is young. The window's wide open. Let's keep getting younger and deeper with more draft picks. But here, but there's another smaller window within that. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid, as a core, have a window together that Jones is a part of. This is a very important aspect, I think, that you have to honor that and chase it as much as you can. That's why you got to bring Jones back even more. I know we're going to talk about Kadarius Tony and wide receiver in general in just a moment, but I guess kind of leading into this, I always hear people say you have to pay for wide receivers. You got to bring wide receivers in for Patrick Mahomes. You got to help him out. And while I don't disagree to an extent, the Chiefs are by drafting, again, back-to-back second-rounders, second-round wide receivers, right? That is a way of trying to help Patrick Mahomes. You don't have to pay those guys. You know what else helps Patrick Mahomes? Having a great defense so they don't have to score 40-plus points a game. So you don't put up a 50 spot and lose to the Rams on Monday Night Football. Like, that helps. Picture Tom Brady and the Patriots. You know how they helped Tom Brady out a lot? You know what they did? They had one of the best defenses in the NFL. Yeah. They won a Super Bowl scoring 13 points. That's also helping Patrick Mahomes. I think we get so caught up in the legitimate helping Mahomes put up numbers, if you will. Instead of the bigger picture here, I think helping Mahomes is not having him have to score 30-plus points every game to win the game. That helps, in my opinion, way more than having a wide receiver one because he elevates wide receivers. You know, you know he's not elevating? Cornerbacks, defensive tackles, edges, linebackers. He can't elevate those dudes. <clears throat> yep. With Chris Jones in the middle, without, without Chris Jones in the middle, how much harder is it for Nick Bolton to live in the backfield of the opposing team? Without Chris Jones in the middle, how much harder is it for a guy like Karloftis to take advantage of one-on-one on the outside? Without Chris Jones in the middle, how much longer do defensive backs have to stay with their man, like McDuffie, like yes. Sneed, like Williams? Um, it, w- having Chris Jones in the heart of the defense isn't about how many sacks Chris Jones will generate when he's age 30. Having Chris Jones in the middle is about making sure every other team has to account for a devastating force in the heart of the defense when they game plan. And that limits then what else they can do all for the rest of the game. That's what that's about. And for all of the hand-wringing about, like, what about future money, the cap is going to continue to go up like crazy. And the Chiefs have zero bad contracts right now. Zero. There's no contract to be afraid of later. There's nothing to – like, even with Jawan Taylor and even with Joe Tooney, which are the ones that people bring up, First, we wanted a world-class offensive line. Now we get one, and now we want to complain about how how expensive it is. This is a Super Bowl-winning team with an anchor in the middle. Get it done, man. Get it done. Yeah. No, uh, I'm with you. Uh, again, I think with Chris Jones, you're looking at a potential top-10 defensive unit. I firmly believe that. I, I like this defense a lot. Yes. I really, really yeah. do. But, but again, I think if you take Chris Jones out, you might be struggling to be a top-20 unit. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm I'm putting too much emphasis on one player. But in today's NFL, I've said it for the past probably three years now, maybe four years now. In today's NFL, the most important thing, the quarterback and who gets after the quarterback. Yeah. Those are the two people you have to keep. Okay. You have to. Chris Jones and Mahomes. That's who you have to keep. 
And you're already cheap up front. Karloftis is cost-controlled for years. FAU, cost-controlled for years. You're not spending any other money on the long line. This is it. This is it. Pay the man. I, I, really quickly, I will say one thing that makes me a little nervous. Um, I'm not saying freak out everyone right now. I, I still think a deal gets done. I am still firmly in that camp. A deal gets done. But what I find a little interesting is not just the supposedly far off. I thought he would be doing a hold in. A hold in is when they still show up to camp. They just don't go through. They don't do anything. They're not allowed to. They basically just sit on the sidelines. They're with the team. And I believe you don't get fined 50K a, year, uh, 50K a day. Now, that's the way I would do it. Maybe I'm just such a frugal man that that's why I'm thinking of it this way. I understand for these guys, 50K is not a ton. But still, 50K is 50K. We, we did a whole thing. If you make 40K a year, it's still like 700 bucks a day. You're, you're, you're missing out on. If you're making 40K, you're, you still want that, seven, that 700 bucks, right? So Chris Joseph wants that 50K. I'm just a little surprised he's not doing a hold in. That made me a little uh, little cause to pause. Mm. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's also, let's also address this because there's a couple comments here, and I want to I I take this. Ronald Rodrigo says, just not how this team is built with Mahomes and Kelsey leading by example. Two, uh, Justin Hayes says about the same yeah. thing. But with Mahomes and Kelsey, our underpaid narrative, what message does it send if they don't pay him? <clears throat> Look, I'll just say this. Patrick Mahomes can go, quote, underpaid and still receive half a billion dollars, right? That is that is so far beyond what CJ – in other words, you can't include – you cannot include quarterback money or even quarterback financial posture with any other position on the field. You got to remove Mahomes there. Yeah, he's taking a little bit less money, but he's raking in the dough, among other things, off the field. Now, Travis Kelsey, is he underpaid? Yes, but the entire tight end position is underpaid. You've got like a total anomaly there that, that like the Chiefs are paying Kelsey half of what they should be paying him because he's not a wide receiver. Yeah. So even if Kelsey wanted to like clamor and make a bunch of drama, bang a gong, to be the highest Get it on T-Rex <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, bang, go, that's good. Um, even if he wanted to do all that just to like be the highest paid tight end, he is still woefully underpaid. The problem is, is that he could scream all he wants and he can hire all the agents he wants. He's not, he's not powerful enough as one player to shift the entire marketplace to make wide receivers and tight ends paid equally. Therefore, mm-hmm. For, for him to make all kinds of clamor is a fool's errand because he can that he could never get to where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. So the team rewards Kelsey fine and they give him a little bit of raise here and there. And, you know, Kelsey's parlayed his charisma into some probably some good money off the field after his career. This is where Chris Jones is going to make the majority of his money he's ever going to make in his life, period. This is it. This moment right here sets up his fortunes. Um, and for all the zeros we're throwing around – the truth is that taxes, et cetera, on all that reduce these figures significantly. You mm-hmm. pay Chris Jones. It's not the same thing as Kelsey. It's definitely not the same thing as Mahomes. The Chiefs do not need to run a player benevolence sort of fund. Like, hey, don't pass through these doors of Arrowhead unless you're willing to be yeah. – unless you're willing to, like, take one for billionaire owners. Sorry, that, that, 
that's bad business all the way around. I, I do think what Justin was saying in that comment is what does that tell Mahomes and Kelsey if they say, hey, if you take a little less, because I, I do think you're right with the tight end market as a whole, but Kelsey is still vastly underpaid even for the tight end market. He's not the sure. highest paid tight end. Sure. Um, I think you're basically saying, hey, if you take a little off, we can keep the rest of the other guys around you. And if you don't keep the rest of the guys around you, then why are they taking the pay cut? I, I will also say in Chris Jones, he's not getting the media opportunities, the off the field sponsorships that Mahomes and Kelsey have. He's not hosting Saturday Night Live. He, he's not someone that you see with the number one podcast with his brother. Like, I get it. At some point, he's basically saying, I'm not going to have these off-the-field opportunities as a offensive player might. I, I think it's probably less common for defensive players just in general than offensive players. Um, so he's probably saying, hey, I'm going to make my money on the field because off it, that ain't happening. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, it, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Clearly, we know where we stand. Uh, if you disagree, it's fine. I mean, look, the Chiefs disagree right now. Otherwise, they'd sign him. So something's going to come to a head. It will be interesting to see how this happens. Uh, let's talk Kadarius Tony. Um, You know, there's a lot made here. One, it's been interesting to follow the progression because it went from Kadarius Tony kind of sort of hurt himself He's sitting out, you know, like it just seemed like precautionary sit out. And then as of this morning, he actually has like surgery on his knee to clean up a procedure. Like as you read that one, were you struck by the progression of like at first we're not getting all the picture than we are. And then now it's this and like, just like, what do you make of that? Yeah. And what I found interesting was Adam Schefter tweeted about this off season minor surgery like like to clean up and then i think uh there, andy reed was asked today and he was like no that was with the giants and so there's been a little miscommunication it seems like of when or if there was this cleanup procedure done this off season yeah so then today Kadarius tony does get uh, the surgery again the chiefs don't really have to disclose a ton right now and andy reed as we know he won't this is what he does he keeps things close to his chest. If he does not have to report it, he won't report it. That's how it goes. He wants to talk about the guys that are here, not the guys that aren't. Um, kind of how the organization is run. And I'll say this. You can do what you want when you're ho hoisting Lombardis. Yes. No yes. one's going to say, we need that information. Like if you're the Houston Texans and someone gets injured and you're basically just kind of putting it off, people will be pissed. And rightfully so, because you're not getting wins. They care about the young guys. They care about the progression. Chiefs, they don't. They care about getting rings. So I'm a little startled by the progression of this Tony injury. But at the same time, he's played, what, 19 games in two years? Looking like Sammy Watkins 2.0. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think a lot of folks should have had high hopes for him playing every single game this year. What I will say is the injury probably couldn't, couldn't have happened at a better time. I mean, Andy alluded to that to, uh, today as well. He alluded to the fact that, hey, at least it happened now and not the last practice of the, of training camp, Yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so hopefully now he, if he does miss a game or two, it's game one or game two, and it's not games 13, 14, 15, or the playoffs. Um, we'll see, but it seems like his body is made of uh, out of glass. Yeah, like, uh, like uh, Bruce Willis is going to appear here as some character – uh, like some arch nemesis or something soon. 
like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, look, with Kadarius Tony, um, you're right. The, the timeline is there is good. We got one week, almost a full week left in July. He doesn't need to be ready until the second week of September. But within that, um, there was also like when, when Andy was talking today, he was like, you know, uh, there, there's a chance. He said, quote, there's a chance he'll be ready by week one. That doesn't sound like, oh, yeah, then he'll be ready by week two. That sounds like this could be some time. Um, if you had to bet on a return date for Kadarius Tony at this point, I mean, and look, th- these are uneducated guesses. You and I are just dudes who've read quotes or, or you know, have listened to press conferences or whatever. But, I mean, do you think we're going to see him week two, week three, or – you get a feeling about this. I can't even speculate, man. I, I, I honestly have no idea. Um, at, at this point, he, he's had so many injuries in his young career. I feel for the guy. You know, some, some people's bodies, he's too quick for his own good. We yeah. always see these highlights posted of him juking someone out. He, and there's always inevitably some quote of his knees going sideways and it's always something along the lines of, you know, he's so, so shifty. He, he shook himself out of his shoes. Well, but it, it's true. It's like, he is so shifty. It's amazing. That his body, like the human body is not meant to handle that. Yeah. I understand too. I was, by the way, just a little backstory. Cause if you read the initial headline, it was hurt uh, taking punt returns. And my initial thought was I was I was pissed, dude. I was livid. I was irate. I was sitting here saying, how the bleep are you going to have a guy who's this injury prone doing punt returns? Eventually, you have to take a guy who's that injury prone out of that situation, even if he is the best, right? Even yeah. if he is your best returner, you have to say, you know what? It's not worth it. You're more valuable to us as a wide receiver. They did that with Tyreek Hill, and he didn't even have the litany of injury concerns that Kadarius Tony had. Yeah. And then I, I, I saw more, and I talked to some people, and basically this was like a warm-up drill. This wasn't actual punt returns. Okay. This was more of a, hey, you put it in the jugs machine, catch some balls, do some jukes, but you're not – you're not actually taking hits in this situation. That's how it happened. That could happen at any given time. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. So I, I had, I had a, a lot less of an issue with how this was handled once I read more and got more backstory about him returning puns. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. That's good to know. Look, this isn't Tony's fault. It's not, it's also not the chief coach's fault. It's not Brett Re- Veach's fault. Like there's no fault here. The price paid for him, by the way, the price paid for him, a third round and a sixth round pick uh, to the Giants. Um, yeah, I read some Giants perspectives. They're like, ah, oh, look at that. You know, of course we knew what we were doing. We got a good deal. Look, I'll say this. I, sa- I said this on Twitter. In the Andy Reid era, I believe only Jamal Charles and Tyreek Hill are more electric with the ball in their hands than Kadarius Toney. I, I think Tony is the third most dynamic player on offense with the ball in his hands in the Andy Reid era. Um, now, of course, all that's limited by, you know, by his injuries. But the truth is, if you can get a guy like that, you get a guy like that, and they got a guy like that, and they got him for a third and a sixth. You do you take that, 
you take that chance every time. That's just the way you do. But um, at the same time, the problem here uh, is how much were they leaning on him to stay healthy? It's not the Chiefs' fault for him being injured, but it is their fault if they weren't appropriately ready for the health issues that you knew that could arise. So what do you think there? I want to throw it out to the comments, too. If you're listening, you have comments. Do you think the Chiefs, and I'm asking you this, Sterling, mm-hmm. were the Chiefs naive, a little bit naive, in maybe not bolstering the position more than they did this offseason when they refer to Tony as wide receiver one, knowing who knows how many games we're even going to get out of him? What do you What do you think of that? I don't think they were naive. I think they actually went after Odell Beckham Jr., which was noted. They went after Juju Smith-Schuster, which was noted. They went after DeAndre Hopkins, which was noted. But they have a price, okay? Let me tell you this right now. Any of these wide receivers, including Kadarius Tony, could miss the entire season. You know who would be the Super Bowl favorites? That's right. It would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, they have a plethora of guys, not top end. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're all top end guys, but they have a plethora of guys, wide receiver threes, wide receiver fours. And they just they're saying, hey, you know what? Mahomes is going to elevate them. Hell, Juju Smith-Schuster, who was their wide receiver one last year, who I don't think anyone's going to confuse him for a wide receiver one. He was a good wide receiver, two, Right. Good wide receiver, two, But again, not a wide receiver one. They won the Super Bowl last year, even with him getting injured, even with having MVS had to be wide receiver one in a playoff game, with Marcus Kemp stepping up in a playoff game. Andy yeah. Reid, take Mahomes out of, the equa- out of the equation for one second. Andy Reid is the best offensive mind in the NFL. He can scheme anyone open. He he allowed Chad, Chad Henney to go 98 yards in a playoff game against a good defense. He made <laughs> Kevin Cobb look like a fine NFL quarterback for a while. Yeah. Like, but, but, the, but the point is, is yeah. it's not just Mahomes. It's also Andy Reid. Wide receivers in this team, they thrive together. They don't need a wide receiver to be, uh, you know, a 1,200-yard guy. They, they, they didn't have that last year. Juju Smith-Schuster had 933 yards. That's replaceable. That is replaceable. And by the way, they went from Tyree Kill to Juju. While the offense may have changed, it may have evolved, they were still the number one offense in football last year. You know why? Because Andy Reid knows what he is doing. I also want to point something out here. I'm a massive Richie James supporter. This has been widely talked about. Connor, you know, I love Richie James. I feel like he's being undervalued or under talked about. They keep acting like, well, maybe he makes the roster. Okay. Maybe he makes the team. If you like PFF, I'm not saying PFF's the end-all be-all, but I do think they do a good job and you can take this as a jumping off point. Okay. I think they do a pretty poor job sometimes with quarterbacks, but the rest of the positions, I think they do a pretty fine job. Guess where Richie James was ranked last year out of all wide receivers in the NFL? Top 25. Well, that's, that'd be wide receiver one. Uh, he was ranked 38. 38. DeAndre Hopkins was 33. Christian Kirk was 30 was 34. Richie James, 38, which was ahead of Michael Pittman Jr., Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, and guess who else? Yes, Juju Smith-Schuster. Wow. The, point, the, the, the point is, he didn't have a ton of opportunity last year, okay? I think Juju is a wide receiver, too. I think Richie James could get about 700 yards this year. He had 569 last year with Daniel Jones throwing him the ball, and he only really started and played in the last half of the year. Yeah. Richie James stood up, 
stepped up in a huge moment last year. No one else in the Giants was stepping up. He took the reins, ran with it. Oh, and by the way, he had an 81% catch rate last year. If you throw him the ball, he will catch the ball. It was, I think it was something along the lines of 59 catches on like 70 targets, something along the, yeah, it was something insane. absurd. Yeah. Okay. I get it. His yak ability is not great, but the chiefs have so many other guys with yards after catch ability. That's fine. Richie James, the most under talked about player this year. Hmm. You know, one of the things I was going to ask you was in the, in the absence of Kadarius Tony, especially right now in the, in this competitive training camp, um, you know, environment, you remove Tony from that. Do you think Richie James is going to be uh, like a name that's like you said, he's being overlooked right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's remedied now that Tony's like completely out of that picture and you're looking for someone else to, because I've already heard some good quotes about James from both Mahomes and Reed. Yeah. And you're hearing some of the young wide receiver thing was for she rice talk about how, who moves like that? Who yeah. moves like Richie James? Again, I'm not saying Richie James is a wide receiver one, so I, I, I want to be you know cautious here. But again, if he gets 600, 700 yards, you have MVS get six, 700 yards. You have Sky Moore take that step forward, which again, like everyone's freaking out about wide receiver, but can we give these guys a chance? Like he was a second round draft pick. He was a second round draft pick for a reason. Okay, Rasheed Rice, they're trying to remedy the situation by spending a second round draft pick on him. Okay, Sky Moore is going to have a a much larger impact this year. He might have 600 plus yards this year. Okay, like I I just don't understand this. This like everyone's freaking out as if the roof is on fire. Yeah, this team just won a Super Bowl. Same quarterback, same head coach. Yeah, same ownership, same GM. Can we let them do their job? Can we at least give them the benefit of the doubt? I'm not saying they do. They know they never mess up. I'm not saying they're perfect, but like they clearly have a plan and they know what they're doing. Let's let this play out. I, I, I'm, I keep saying the wide receivers aren't bad. They're just unproven. Yeah. Well, I, I think when people see what they can do, remember this, let's go back to Anthony Hitchens and a linebacking core and Brett Veach put in, one second round pick, Willie Gay Jr. The next year, one second round pick, Nick Bolton. On the other side of those two second round picks, suddenly everyone was like, oh shit, we have a real linebacking group now. Like there's actually real talent on that. Like, like those two second round investments in consecutive years reshaped the opinion of the linebacking core. We just haven't seen the wide receivers be able to play but it's possible after the first month of the season, people go, oh, with those two consecutive second-round picks, they've reshaped the wide mm-hmm. receiver core. Um, and I think you're totally right. It, it, we, we need to talk – we need to acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, totally. So um, let me bring up one more thing here. Or what, Any other thoughts about Kadarius Tony, by the way, or the wide receiver position? No, I, I hope he gets better. I'm, I feel for him personally, just as a player, that is not enjoyable when you're perpetually injured because next thing you know, we're doing it now. You have that injury-prone label on you, and once you get it, you ain't shaking it. It's there. Um, I don't know what he can do. Uh, I don't know if he needs to go and work with Bobby Stroop, you know, uh, the Patrick Mahomes trainer, maybe get some of those ligaments, uh, that soft tissue injuries, if you will, kind of figured out. But some dudes, I, I do think it's a real thing. Sammy Watkins, I'm sure he worked extremely hard. Didn't matter. Everywhere he went, it happened. So yeah. far, Kadarius Tony in two stops, same thing. Um, 
By the way, I'll throw this out there. Um, if Kadarius Tone, Kadarius Tone is the kind of guy that Andy Reid is going to look at his skill set and come up with very specific looks to get him open, to to get him the ball. Like they were very intentional about getting him. He had an incredible amount of touches for what little he played. Like it was like, oh, if he's on the field, he's getting the ball. And so without that, you've got a lot of room there to scheme something. And also what I'm seeing is an increase in volume about Noah Gray, about the way he's looking, about how his hands are doing, about um, now he's taking over this hybrid fullback sort of role. I wonder, and this is just a random sub point I'm throwing out to you, I wonder what um, – how surprised would you be to see uh, to see Noah Gray rack up 500 yards in uh, in 2023? Oh, man. What did he have last year? He probably had, what, 200 last year? I see how much of a jump that would be. He had I'm, 299 last year, so 300. I, I would say I would be pretty surprised if Noah Gray went for 500. I think 400 might be a little bit more. I, I bet his over-under for this year is probably right in line with like 350-ish. Sure, um, sure. If it would you 500, think, I'd be surprised. Yeah, there's something There's something there that kind of rings true to me of maybe going more too tight, like without Tony especially. Sure. More, more too tight in looks. Uh, like make it difficult in the intermediate part of the field, take advantage of what um, like there's just been a lot of, there's been a good buzz around Noah Gray and what yeah. he's grown into. And I think that'd be great. But uh, yeah, by the way, Flapjack City says Sterling would be a free safety and Matt would be a slot wide receiver. I, if you have me on the field at all, you've already lost. I'll just say it that way. So uh, but I'm glad to see anyone thinks there's any athletic whatever here at all, even if it's diminutive in the middle. Oh, dude, I would be Marcus Peters at safety, basically, where I am a ball hawk. Anyone comes near me, I'm laying down. You think I'm going to tackle anyone? No bleeping chance. <laughs> I will try my darndest to get an interception. I'm going after that ball, but I ain't going to get tackled. Uh-uh. I ain't going to tackle. I ain't getting tackled. I'm going directly OB. Uh, that, that's my ability at free safety. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Mahomes will pass me open. Ronald Rodrigo says, yeah, I, I believe it. I believe it. He's a rising tide. Uh, yeah. Um, well, one more thing for you. I, I was just in the midst of all this, Brett Veach, uh, I'm in the midst of like Tony, Chris Jones. It occurred to me, I felt a little bit bad for Brett Veach. As bad as I feel for a guy who's like got, Super Bowl cases in his room. But I thought Brett Veach this year is in a sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't position. If the Chiefs don't win a Super Bowl, right? Like if things with Chris Jones totally falls apart, if you don't win a Super Bowl, you are being – like they could go all the way to the AFC Championship game. They could, they could host an AFC Championship game. But if they don't go to a Super Bowl and they don't have Chris Jones – He's like, Veach will be totally derided for letting them get away. But if he pays through the nose to get Jones and then like has this giant contract in the books and they don't get to the Super Bowl, Veach will also be totally derided by like, oh, you anchored this team with this horrible contract and they didn't get it done. And now we've lost like, 
it just made me think in this instance, unless they hoist the Lombardi again, Veach is kind of screwed here. Yeah. You agree? I, I wonder if this is how Patriots fans felt for a while too. Mm. You know, I, I wonder if there's a case of that because they let a lot of big time players go. They didn't resign a lot of dudes. Tons. Um, I mean, tons, right? And I'm sure you can make the same case. I think you have to look at the bigger picture though. What Brett, Brett Veach has done and what folks I think need to understand is if you watch Netflix, that, that quarterback show, do you see how close the games were, the margin of victory? Yeah. Do you see how many close games the Chiefs played in against teams they should have easily handled Denver? Uh, right. Our our fucking uh our live stream show, right? Yeah. I mean, that was close as hell. Crazy. Uh, the the Texans, right? There, there's a plethora of games that you look at and say, hey, that was one play here, one play there. And then you look at the Falcons. Look at the Falcons. Look how close the margin of victory was there. Look how close those games were. They could have easily been five and two to start the season. And then yeah. you look at the Vikings. Vikings won all those games. They're what undefeated in one score game. You're like, but that's how slim the margin of victory is in the NFL. So while I I do think there's so much pressure on Brett Veach, I do think sometimes we as fans need to take a step back and say, hey, it's bleeping hard, man. It's yes. hard winning games in the NFL. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. It's not normal. That's why it took 50 years for the Chiefs to win one. I know they're the favorites right now. Guess what? The favorites don't always win. Okay? Favorites don't always win. I know it's a tough situation. Whatever happened with Chris Jones' um, uh, debacle, if you will, you can find a way to make it fit your narrative. At some point, though, you have to enjoy the ride and say, hey, this is bleeping awesome, man. Yeah. This is bleeping awesome. Well said. Well said. Man, that's a great ending note here. Folks, we've reached the end of a show. Sterling, that was good. That's a good quote, my man. You had some good takes today. Thank we're you. Agree- we're agreeing more and more lately. I yeah. like we're reaching some sort of zen harmony. Let's bring in Richard for the must list. Folks, if you've uh, come if you've been with us before, you know that we've reached the end of another show. We bring in Richard, our wonderful producer, to recommend things on what we just call the must list. First of all, Richard, sweet shirt. You look ready to be a man about town. I've, I saw somebody in the comments. I think it was angry or Casey. Somebody was saying it's a bowling shirt. So yeah, that's that's what's going to happen. We're bowling tonight. Is that a bowling shirt? It. Is that what it looks that is? like? It. I can. I kind of see it. I don't know. Bowling shirts look like this. I guess. But is your yeah. uh, is your bowling league called the Bowling Stones? Ooh. Indeed. Yeah. We all take Love a few it. edibles before the game. It's it's great. Mm. Penny Driver. That's what my name would be called. <laughs> You work on that, Matt. Just work on that. Gutter. <laughs> Tell your children not to walk my way. Gutter. I was waiting. I was waiting for you to make a Danzig reference. That's there what I is. knew was going to happen. I there knew it. it. I recommend Richard's shirt. Love it. Love what it. Part, what part? What doo-wop band are you a part of, Richard? <laughs> I have no puns. I was just going to name like the Runettes. I don't know. <laughs> have you ever? Uh, I feel like you're about to start singing Elvira right now. That's, that's oh that's yeah, Oak Ridge yeah. Boys. That's not like fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, how about fine? Uh, the Penguins. You can sing uh, "Earth Angel" by the Penguins. That. Oh, that's good. That's there good. you go. Let's hear it, Richard. Can you sing it? Earth Angel, Earth Angel. Ooh, he's got when will nice. you be mine? Yeah, that's like a nice like a nice timber. A... There's a nice timber going on, there. dude. That's great. All right, now Matt Connor has to sing "Mini Ripperton," loving you, baby. Now it's your turn. Hit those high notes, baby. 
Yeah. Mini Ripperton. Who's that? That's crazy. Are you serious? I don't I think he's doing I a just, bit. You're doing a bit. He's doing a bit. You're doing a bit. I, I just you're doing I just bit. insulted everyone. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Maya Rudolph is on her way. She's running. She's running across <laughs> state lines. D- Doug house. in Kansas with the best quote ever. Please no singing, just saying. Let's do it. Let's uh All right. Let's Richard, what do you got for the uh, must list today? All right, no bits. We're just going to recommend a show that I uh, saw was on streaming recently. It's on Amazon Prime and Peacock. It's called Dark Place. Full title is Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. This is a BBC show or a Channel 4 show aired in the 2000s. It's a horror comedy parody of sorts. Uh, the idea is that basically in the 2000s, they released a lost uh, a lost season of a six-episode show from the 80s. That is just kind of like a horror show made by a creator, Garth Marenghi. He's like an egotistical maniac who wrote himself kind of into the show. He's the hero, but he's also kind of a jackass. Um, so, yeah, it's all horror-themed episodes. Really, really cheesy. Like, the effects are really awful on purpose. There's a lot of production gaffes, which is kind of something I enjoy, where you'll have, like, the boom in the shot, or maybe a cat is supposed to walk behind the corner, but instead somebody just throws it off screen and you can see their hands. Like, it's jokes like that, which are really funny to me. Super hilarious. So if you got Prime or Peacock, check out Dark Place. One word, Dark Place. Is it brand new? No, it's from the 2000s. Oh, you said from the 2000s. Yeah, but it's hard to find because it was like on Adult Swim. That was how I saw it back in the 2000s. And then I think it just kind of bounces around streaming services. So watch it while it's here. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, Do you guys like Local Natives? Are you... Are you guys local natives fans? I know the name. I've probably heard a song or two. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a big, uh, deep cut local natives guy. Uh, I am a local native to Kansas City, though. Yes. Yeah. Richard, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Wait, are you being serious? I'm being 100% serious. I've never heard of him. Oh, okay. Tell me a bit about him. Um, I mean, they're just great. Local natives have a new album out. Anyway, if you're into like, uh, I don't know, kind of SoCal indie pop rock, kind of hazy tunes. They're just great. The brand new album's out. Yeah, look them up. I just threw out the most half-hearted recommendation ever. Yeah, that was the most like... Because you guys were like, I've never heard of them. And I'm like, well, then me either. I'm out. Anyway, you're up, Sterling. What are you recommending? Uh, Yacht Rock Radio uh, for the summertime, baby. Okay, (laughs) listen to some Yacht Rock. Put some Ambrosia on on the radio, okay? Maybe a little bit of Toto. Uh, Hold the line, okay? Rosanna, okay? Come on. Oh, dude. a good chunk of, of Rosanna. A good chunk chunk of Holland Oats. Um, I mean, I know some people like to say it's Holland Oats yacht rock. I'm like, yeah, my playlist is yes. fucking called Holland Boats, guys. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I want to actually open up an entire yacht rock themed restaurant. Uh, call it Holland Boats, and uh, I think we could do this, <laughs> dude. I would quit this podcast and work for you there. So, so like Steely Dan, there's got to be something with Peg involved, you know, uh, maybe the band Bread, you know, just just Bread's Bread, something like that. Uh, Michael McDonald just singing in your background. Like, what did you forget? Oh, I forgot to add some some fries. I keep forgetting. Like, like that's what we really need. Love it. I think we could do this. By the way, your your shtick could be that you have to order like Michael McDonald, which is like to have facial hair cover your lips and you never quite open them. So you're just like, I'll take some fries. No, no, no. What you have to do is sing in a very high pitched voice and you have uh-huh. to always be following what was said. It's like, can I get some fries? Can I get some fries? Like you have to always be just like a little bit behind. But you got to keep your mouth like totally closed. I don't know how he sings like that. He's like, uh. 
Sorry, we're off the rails. I'll tell you what, you're my diamond girl, okay? I'm just going to go ahead with a little seal and crofts right now. we got to really wrap this thing up because we are going off the rails. I wish I was on Thunder Island right uh, now. Okay? Let's get out of here. Uh, Jay Ferguson. I think Jay Ferguson sang that song, which is a we've met. By him. We've met them all the way, Rosanna. Let's go. We could hold the line, though, and keep this show going. Did. Let's uh, take us out of here, Sterling. This was the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. If you stay with us this long, we really do appreciate it. And kind of what are you doing? Uh, if you stay with us this long, you probably are a member of the Discord channel, and you already like listening to us uh, talk about random recommendations, nonsense. Uh, I, we do appreciate you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for leaving <laughs> We're out. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>